Welcome to the Bipolar Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Jensen. I'm someone who overcame bipolar disorder in an organic fashion back in 2004. That process taught me a couple things about bipolar. I was living life so incorrectly in relation to what the better part of me wanted and needed me to do that it took bipolar disorder to shock me into seeing I should go another way. The fact that it was bipolar that was the change agent meant I'm more creative than most. I have a certain slightly higher amount of intelligence than the average bear. And I have a way of seeing life and expressing myself that most around me do not in such a way that I can have great impact on those who need me most. You might be the same. I wanna help you understand this about yourself and I wanna help unlock your greatness and then unleash it on the world in the best and coolest way possible. Hello, bipolar prone folk. Exciting times. Episode 43. I'm always outside looking in. Is this wrong? This is the second to last in a series of episodes entitled Life of an Outsider. You'll find a link to that series in the footer of the website, bipolarexcellence.com. I am upset that I ever came up with this plan, but there's only one left, and it's important. <laughs> God help me. I came up with this plan some time ago. I have other series planned, but they will they will they will be built differently than this. And I had more time on my hands, a lot in my personal life changed that robbed me of that time. Technical difficulties abounded. It came out of nowhere. Just you name it. Hurdles got thrown up in my way. But here's one of the cool things. When it comes to a podcast, most people don't even get it to do this, this amount of episodes. It's something like 10 episodes and they crap out. I made it to what? I made it to 35 and I didn't crap out. I just got stopped. <laughs> I fully intended to keep going. That's why I'm here now. But most people get to 10 and quit. I ain't quitting. I just got hit a snag. So the other thing is a lot of people tend to do uh, one episode a week or, or one every uh, bi-weekly or one a month. I'm way ahead of that. I got, I got uh, in a minute here, I have 44, and I believe I started this in reality in November of last year. So we got December, January, February, March, April, May. So that's six months, 44 episodes. That's, uh, that's seven a month. So I'm ahead and then some. I'm seven ahead of, uh, or not seven. <laughs> I'm seven a month. So it's like three, if I did them one per week, that's three a month more than, than the average person podcasts. So I'm, I'm trying to teach you, even if it doesn't look like an immediate win, it can eventually be a win. Some of you, if you've been following along, there's, you've seen the big pause. You, didn't, you couldn't make sense of it. If you look on the podcast platform, these things are even dated back in December and January of last year. It's 2022, May. I had a reason for that because I was going to stack a bunch of series and get them all preloaded. So I had this huge, hugely populated podcast with episodes and, and uh, it looked more impressive when you came there. I still think that's a good idea. I don't think a lot of people bother with that. They just go ahead and start doing an episode in organic fashion. 
they make a plan for that week. They do that episode and move on. That that would probably be less stressful for most of you. If you're bipolar prone, you might not be able to help yourself, but do it the way I did it with this stacks of episodes pre-planned. Then I did things with the technology that made me have to stick to this initial plan to try to undo them to get to the next part of what happens in this podcast would have screwed everything up. So anyway, oh my God, I'm tired. I've done, uh, not tired, winded. I'm actually quite pumped. I started an episode 36 tonight. I think that was about two, three hours ago. I'm on episode 43. I'm excited. I'm always on the outside looking in. Is this wrong? No. I'll tell you what. You should be greatly relieved you're on the outside looking in. When you're trying to fit in, that's coming from a position of weakness. Now, depending on what your what your situation is, particularly as an adult, I don't I don't know how this would even work as an adult so much. It it, it works more when you're you're a kid or a teen or even in your twenties. You're you're more insecure. You you can be, and you don't want to stand out because that's just too uncomfortable to bear. You need to just be accepted in the group. I did that well. I did that. I don't know, well into my 20s. And then when I started not worrying about it, I not worried about it in an unhealthy way. I sort of just went crazy and just lived crazy and didn't give a shit what anybody thought. Now, I have that like like an echo of that in what I do now, but now it's healthier. It's um, I'm quite happy not belonging to anything that doesn't greatly matter to me. And that list is mighty short. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I was not when I was younger. Probably bipolar had a piece to do with something like that. I, I don't know because bipolar didn't actually nail me until my late 20s. But when you're on the outside looking in, I I think it would behoove you to question why you want in so bad. Is it a thing you even really want to be a part of? If it is, why? And be honest. Be open with yourself. Why are you looking for acceptance in such a way? Maybe it is that important. Um if I sat here long enough, I could make a list of, of areas that might be a sensible concern. I just don't have them in my life. I'm, I'm way cool with being the lone wolf. And I also enjoy it, but I'm not really. I, I am. <laughs> I don't hang with a crew. I don't try to fit into anything. I try to be the best version of myself with the people that I help the most and the people that I help the most, at least on the, on the paycheck side of things are people with addictions and mental illnesses. And I find them fascinating. I find every single one of them has something really positive to be discovered and explored. Even if they've done some terrible things, which they have as have I back in the day, don't judge um, I'm not naive. I get lied to a lot, but I don't care because it has nothing to do with me. It's how they're just surviving. And I know a lot of people that I deal that I deal with. If if I knew what they really did in certain areas, or sometimes I do, I wouldn't want them living near me. I wouldn't really associate with them. But because professionally, that's not what I'm there to do. It doesn't phase me in the slightest, and I, I just find it even, that makes them even more interesting. I I. I'm fascinated by flawed people. I'm fascinated by suffering people. I don't wish it on them. It's not like that. It's not the, and they're not my entertainment. I'm just really fascinated in what makes a mind go sideways. What makes a mind get warped like that. 
and then I find the good in that that I can, and I help the people that it's my responsibility to help, and I do it wholeheartedly. On the on the private coaching side, if you're working with me, you've probably got a pile of all of that in you at some point, but you've moved well beyond it, same as me, and now you're on some kind of mission. You're trying to take all of those experiences, good and bad, and turn them into something good, something powerful. You got something to say. You got a group of people you want to help. You got one person you want to help, and you knew that you know the version of you is not the guy to get it done. I want to help you do that. And the only way you and I can work together is if you've always been on the outside looking in or or you got there eventually because you realize you just can't mesh with the status quo. And I don't believe anybody. Life's going to hand you certain situations where it's it, it's you do well to to be part of the status quo. I mean, you would. But for living for getting out of life what you really want and for doing in life what you're here to do, you need to divorce yourself from the status quo as quickly as possible or change the definition of what you call status quo. There's there's another sweet spot I like to live in. Status quo is just whatever everyone else is doing. Well, what if everyone else encompassed a group of people not doing what the herd does? People like us that have fought bipolar and come out with unbelievable awakenings and ideas and passions and skills and visions, and we want to share them with the world. There's a lot of us like that. There's a lot of famous people that you know right now. You've read their books. You've listened to their music. You've seen their paintings. It's artists. It's musicians. It's it's actors and actresses. It's poets. It's uh, it's even architects, people people that do stuff with their hands. There's there's people out there that have to be by themselves to do what they do because it's the only way they can pull it off. But if you're lucky enough to sit and talk to them, your life would be changed. A quick example, I I did that with uh, Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif, uh, he was he's an actor. And he's the voice of Chucky the doll. Uh, he's been in a million movies, hundreds, hundreds. He was, uh, when I met him, he was 72. It was a handful of years ago. I got pulled into a, a music video, and I was like, yeah, I'll jump. I'd like to be in that. I knew the I knew the, uh, the movie director, and uh, I had a chance at one point to talk to Brad Dorff. I was in the audience, but there wasn't a lot of people, you know, the pretend audience for the video shoot. He was on the edge of the stage just gathering himself and cooling off. And uh, we shot the shit for like 20 minutes. I don't remember a damn thing we talked about because it was all just life. It was like life stuff. It wasn't me fawning over the fact that he was Brad Dorif. And uh, he seemed to take a liking to me. And we were just two guys just talking about things. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was on almost no sleep. I, I was on uh, 40 some odd hours with no sleep, as was my wife and, and my daughter, to get to this thing on time. And, and, uh, we were beyond exhausted. We were practically hallucinating. And, uh, that, that 20 minutes with, with, uh, Brad, I was on fire. I was energized in a calm sense. And I was so honored that I got this chance to be with him. And I built it. I built it because way back when I first started sharing my message of being an outsider and I beat bipolar disorder in an outsider fashion. I started telling the world about that. 
I got a videographer who was a student at the time pursuing a career in videography to shoot a bunch of YouTube videos for me. They're gone now, but we shot many, many dozens of them. He went on to become a professor at two different colleges and start his own video production company. And it was through him that I got the invite that landed me practically in Brad Dora's lap. <laughs> I got pictures with Brad later, but the, the, um, I got his life story from his girlfriend. She told me his story for an hour. Um, I would never share what she told me, and uh, but it was fascinating, and, and I couldn't believe I said nothing. She talked for an hour straight. I met a guy there who was much older than me, probably in the 70s, who used to work in the garment district in New York City back when you went in armed to buy dresses. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, people never seem to understand that about the garment industry back in the day. That was all mob run and gang ruled. And he's like, you could go in to, to buy a bunch of clothes. You might not come out. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so all of that came to me because I looked from the outside in on how to fix bipolar and then worked hard as I could in any way possible with zero budget to share that message. These fascinating people years later ended up in my lap my point to all of this is if you're on the outside always looking in kudos <laughs> i do understand that it's comfortable i do understand particularly like with bipolar it gets very lonely i could suggest finding my course over at bipolarexcellence.com to show you how i dealt with bipolar and as you regain your wellness, you won't feel so lonely and you'll learn things about bipolar, stuff I talk about all the time in this podcast, and how to attain them to where you may embrace your outsiderness, same as I have. You might prefer to never go back to trying to be in the thing you're outside of. I hope not. The thing is, the world is in turmoil right now. It's 2022. Everything's... Uh, it's the water's a little choppy out there. <laughs> People like us are the only ones because we're not normal in the best of ways. We're not normal. We're going to look at these problems in a way that everyone else will uh, ignore or overlook or not believe, and we're going to solve a lot of them. I want to be at the root of that. I, I, I just for my own satisfaction, just like when I met Brad and his girlfriend and the guy that did the thing. And I built the, the, the kid that the kid that was the videographer, I got him his start. I got him, I paid him for his free videos by getting him an internship in a professional production company where I was friends with those people. That is another four years of stories to tell you even what happened because of why I was friends with those people at that facility and what took place in that facility. All of this is because I am constantly on the outside and how I see everything, and I want to be involved. I drew these situations to me. I built them and or drew them to me. I maxed them out mostly with no awareness of where they go. I almost never got paid for any of this ever, and yet my life has been filled with these fascinating moments and events and people and the the kind of people and the level of play I'm accessing is getting larger, more important, more impactful. I want to be a, a bigger player on the world scale because I enjoy it. 
not because of the the more tangible things that come with it. You know, fame and fortune. All right, I I I don't care. I've had a little bit of a little bit of fame way back when. <laughs> I'm a published author. Things really cool things came out of that for a minute. And uh, fortune, not not so much so far, but <laughs> I'm working on that. But not like. I don't have a list of things I want. I have a handful of things I want, big house. I want a Jeep. I want my own gym and a barn. I want a lot of land in the woods. I don't want to be around any people. I want water nearby. Boom, you just heard my whole list. Don't care if where I live, nobody knows who I am. Don't care. I don't care about any of that. I don't buy things so that I can tell to you, anybody else, look, I can afford this. I, I, I hate that actually, but... I do want some stuff. I want a better life and I'm building it, but I'm building it by living the life the way I want. And that's by remaining an outsider and drawing other outsiders to me. It's critically important to me that my social circle and work circle is made up of people like you. You're winning as far as I'm concerned. You just might be at a phase of this outsiderness that it's awful damn uncomfortable and lonely. Hopefully something I say on this podcast or offer on my website will help you uh, mold that into something more positive. And then we can find out what's actually at the heart of what drives you and just explode it all over the world. <laughs> I hope so, because it's going to be yet another awesome story with another far out person that I either get to tell or just, you know, I just get to live that life. I want to live these lives of you guys with you. And that's why this whole thing exists. And that's why I say, remain on the outside looking in. All right, guys, see you on the last episode of this series. So excited.